So, Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that dwelleth in the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers, ye that work iniquity. Okay. And so... An unusual text today, if you'll pray for us for a few minutes, but the little thought that we had is no. And uh, folks, I'm here to tell you today, without the Lord, we're nothing. And we can't do a thing without Him. Lord, just help us. Uh, but when we Tell the Lord no, you can expect some trials. When we tell the Lord no, you can expect some adversity. You can expect some trouble. And, uh, folks, the best place we can be, you look around, we've got trouble on every hand. People unsatisfied, people complaining, rioting. People scared, afraid, you name it, I've never seen a time when people were less satisfied. Now's not the time to tell the Lord no. And so you pray for a few minutes. When you tell the Lord no, you'll not be able to find any peace. And I know we had just this week, if I'm not mistaken, they announced that they had come to an agreement, a treaty, Israel, and I believe it was UAE, and they've, they've agreed on some things that they had been arguing about for years and years and years. You know what the Bible says, and I'm just going to stick with the good old King James Version. It says they'll cry peace, peace, when there is no peace. When we tell God no, we'll never have any peace. So I read about a man that the Lord told to go down to Nineveh and to preach the gospel. And you know what his response was? He said no. He decided he'd go his own way, that he'd do his own thing. So he bought a ticket on a ship that was going to sail down to Tarshish and thought all would be all right. When you tell God no, you can look out. Hard times are coming. Yeah. <clears throat> and so Jonah got a ticket for the boat, and he got on, and he went down inside the ship and went to sleep. And it wasn't very long before the storm came. And the winds blew the ship and tossed it to and fro, and the rains fell, so that men that were experienced sailors 
begin to be afraid and they begin to cry and they begin to wonder what they had done that would cause God to send such a storm their way. And the captain of the ship went down and woke Jonah up and said, Oh, awake, thou sleeper, what meanest thou that you would sleep? And they uh, worried so much and they, they decided to cast lots. And when they cast lot to see why maybe that this trouble had come upon them, the lot fell upon Jonah. You can't hide when you tell the Lord no. And you may try to sleep and you may try to let, the, let old Satan rock you to sleep in his arms. Look out, trouble's coming. Your nightmare has just begun when you tell the Lord no. And so the storm raged and they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And they tried hard. These were experienced sailors <coughs> that knew what they were doing but they could not get back to land. When you tell the Lord no, there's nothing and there is no one that can keep you from experiencing God's wrath. And so the storm raged until they decided all that the, the only choice that they had left was to cast Jonah into the sea. And they prayed that the Lord... <coughs> would not have this man's, if this man were innocent, that his blood would not be on their hands and they cast Jonah over and the storm stopped. But Jonah's trouble had just begun. And maybe Jonah thought by casting him overboard that he would just drown. You can't escape God. Did you know that? When he decides that you're going to do something, you will do. Jonah was cast overboard. He thought surely just a few short breaths, a few gulps of water, and he would drown. But the, God prepared a great fish. And, and I want to say this today. Science tries to explain away the miracles of the Bible. They try to tell what would happen. And, they, and they've said, they've stated that there is not a whale whose throat is big enough to swallow a man. I agree because the fish that swallowed Jonah was not a whale. It was a fish specifically prepared by God to swallow Jonah. It was a great fish who had a great job because Jonah had a great job to do for the Lord and the fish was especially prepared by God. Do you notice that it didn't flow off thousands of miles? It didn't set him out on a different continent. But whenever the fish spit up Jonah, when he, when he vomited Jonah out on the dry ground, he was just a few days' journey from where he was supposed to go to start with. Folks, that was God. God was in the arrangements all along. And when you tell God no, trouble is headed your way. We read in the second chapter of Jonah where Jonah said, I, out of the belly of hell cried I. He talks about how the seaweed was wrapped around his head. He was in trouble. And when you're in trouble and you can't find any peace anywhere, oh, and this is what the Bible has to say, there is no peace for the wicked. Jonah could find no peace 
And so he did the only thing he needed to do. He turned toward Jerusalem and he began to pray. I don't know how that he knew which direction to turn, but in his mind, he got Jerusalem on his heart and he began to pray. If you're in trouble, if you have no peace, you can't get any sleep, you can't get any rest, you can't eat nothing that tastes right, there's no peace in your heart. Turn toward Jerusalem. And pray. There's a little church somewhere that loves you, that's praying for you, that you'll find what you need. I'm telling you, pray, and God has the answer. All right. No peace for Jonah till he began to pray. And when he began to pray, and you know what he said? I will pay the vows that I owe. I don't know what God's wanting you to do, but I do know this. When you determine you're going to do God's will, He'll bless you for it. The minute that Jonah said, I will pay the vows that I owe, the great fish vomited him out on dry ground. Now, did you ever think, you know what happens when a whale gets gravity, don't you? If they don't get swept back into the sea, they die. This fish may have died right there, but if he did... He served his purpose. He got Jonah back on the right track. He sent Jonah down to Nineveh to preach to where 120,000 people, if I'm not mistaken, got saved. And Jonah finally had some peace. Jonah didn't have a great big message to preach. Sometimes we worry. Sometimes I, and I worry and I study and I want to preach what God would have me to preach. Jonah's message didn't last five minutes. It was just a short message, just a couple of sentences, but it was enough that 120,000 people that didn't know their right hand from their left got saved. They had what they needed because Jonah got, made peace with the Lord. When you tell the, the Lord no, trouble is headed your way. And Jonah couldn't find any peace until he agreed to do the will of the Lord. When you tell the Lord no, there'll be no joy in your heart. When you tell the Lord no, there'll be no happiness that you can find. We read where David at a time when kings went forth to battle, David stayed home. We think there's nothing to it anymore and Satan tells you you can just do what you want to do and I know we're living in a time where people are afraid of this virus. There's nothing better than being in the house of the Lord. It's the best place I know to be. I've been at home and not had any peace not had any joy. I've been at the Walmart in town or at the grocery store and not found the peace, the joy, and the happiness that I could find. I've been on the job and those things would be missing from time to time. But every time that I come to the house of the Lord and people obey the Spirit, you can find peace. You can find joy. You can find love. You can find salvation. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Oh, so we read where David at a time when kings went forth to battle, David stayed home. I've used that scripture to preach it in this manner. If you are not where the Lord wants you to be, you'll never have the joy God intended for you to have. It's important that we go to the house of the Lord and worship. And at a time when kings went forth to battle, David was not in the place he did 
continue to be. Not with Israel, not on the battlefield. Folks, I know people will say, well, there'll be the tribulation. We're in a battle today for lost souls. And we've got to ride that bottom. We better stand in our place. We better draw our weapon. And we better be ready to fight. Because Satan would like to drag every one of them down. All right. David stayed home. What was the second thing David did? He lifted himself up. He went up on the rooftop, didn't he? That's what we do when we're not in the place where the Lord wants us to be. We lift ourselves up. Well, I'm all right just like I am. I'm okay. I don't need anything or anybody. I'll just do what I want to do. That's what we do is we justify ourselves. We try to lift ourselves up. You know what John the Baptist had to say about that? He said, I must decrease. He must increase. He stayed home. He lifted himself up. He looked off the rooftop and lusted on Bathsheba. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin when it is finished, it brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. David lusted on Bathsheba. Y'all know this story. I'm not going to go all the way through it. And in just a matter of days, instead of being on the battlefield and claiming victory, David was an adulterer. He was a murderer. He was a liar, folks. And you know what happened to David? He lost his joy. When you tell the Lord no, David told the Lord no. He should have been on the battlefield. He should have been leading God's people to victory, but he said no. When you tell the Lord no, there'll be no peace in your life. There'll be no joy in your life. You know what we hear David say in the 51st Psalm? Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Then will I teach transgressors the way and sinners will be converted. Without joy, what do we have to offer our sinners? If our salvation doesn't give us peace, if it doesn't give us joy, why would the sinner man want it? They need to see a radical and essential difference between the righteous and the wicked. I believe salvation will put a smile on your face. I believe in the time of adversity, in the time of trouble, there's peace and joy in the Lord. I believe He gives me a reason to smile every day just knowing I've got a better place to go when this life is over. All right. David lost his joy. When you tell the Lord no, you'll have no peace. You'll have no joy. Just think of this. You may be here and don't know the Lord. I want to relay this to you. You'll never know what joy is until you know the Lord. You'll never know what peace is until you know the Lord. You know what he said to you? He gives us peace that passeth all understanding. Whenever trouble comes and you can lay down at night and go to sleep knowing everything's alright, that's that kind of peace. Oh, without the Lord, you'll never know the joy that you could have. Wednesday night a week ago, 
Jerry come right here and bow down and Jesus saved her soul. Tears ran down her mother's face and she raised her hand and she rejoiced. All the joy that there is in seeing your children saved. In knowing that they don't have to die and go to hell. In knowing that when they die, you'll get to be with them because you've got the same salvation they've got. If you don't know the Lord, if you've told Him no, if you've turned Him away, you'll never know that kind of joy. I would that every bad woman or boy or girl with the Lord knocks at their heart would say, Yes, Lord, yes. I need you today. I like the little song the kids used to say, Into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come in. Aren't you glad? No, I like the song, John. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. It's a joy. There's peace. There's love. If knowing Jesus. When you tell the Lord no. We read where Peter said, I'll go with you. Even unto death. And he meant those words. He loved the Lord. He meant those words. He had walked with the Lord. He had talked with Him. He had seen the Lord do miracles. He was there, no doubt, when He had raised Lazarus from the dead. And he said, I'll go with you even unto death. And when they came to get the Savior, Peter took the sword and he cut off the high priest's servant's ear, Malchus's ear. And it fell to the ground, no doubt. And Jesus just reached down and picked it up and put it right back on. And I believe Malchus could hear out of that ear just as good as he could the other. Yeah. Oh, but we read where they took Jesus Peter's friend and where they beat him and where the blood poured down his back and they spat upon him and they put the crown of thorns upon his head and that man that had promised Jesus they'd go with him all the way even to death. We read where that he wasn't standing right by his side anymore. We read where that man that had promised Jesus he'd be his friend that he'd stand with him that he'd stand for him. We read where he followed afar off. You may be under the sound of my voice today and be following afar off every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before if you've not received the blessing that you'd like to receive draw down to him and he will draw down to you when you say no to the Lord there's no peace. There's no joy. And you don't know the love that you could know by saying yes to Jesus. Peter told the Lord that he would go with him. And yet, when the trying time, we're in a trying time. Are you telling the Lord no? Or are you saying, I'll go? I'll go for you, Lord. Now, I know you pray for me for this a minute. I know we've got people. They're not taking any precautions whatsoever. They say, well, the Lord will take care of me. Yes, He will. But I'm here to tell you today. They say, well, only the Lord knows 
my day that I, that I got to meet him, that the Lord will call my number and my time will come and I will die. And I agree with that 100%. But did you know the choices you and I make determine the quality of those days between now and then? Wouldn't you like to be happy and healthy? Wouldn't you like to be in a shape where the Lord could use you to be a blessing to someone else? I'm here to tell you today, the Lord give us a, a mind. He's give us some common sense. We, that's why we have to choose him. If we were just cattle, he could prod us and guide us and show us exactly where he wanted us to go. But he wants us to choose. Joshua said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. And you may be listed to me this morning. And fear has called you not to do what God wants you to do. I'm here to tell you, I've got a remedy for that as well. Perfect love casteth thou all fear. Because what? Fear has torment. We've got folks worried to death. Folks, let's do everything we can. Let's take our precautions and let's trust the Lord. All right. Peter followed afar off. You know what the Lord's response was? Let me get this. You've heard people do this, and I have too. They'll make great big bold statements standing on the altar. How they're going to do this, how they're not going to do that. In Him we live and move and have our very being. The next breath is not promised me except the Lord wills it. My eyes may not open. I've been praying, I've been asking, requested prayer for my dad. Looks like he don't have much time left on his word on this earth, but his eyes can open in the morning, and mine possibly can, unless the Lord graces me with another day. I'm here to tell you today, we ought to say, I believe it says in the Bible, that we ought to say, if the Lord will, we'll do this or that or the other. I'm telling you today, we need him every day. Peter said, I'll go with you. And the Lord said, the crock will not, the crock will throw, will crow, I'll get it out in a minute. The cock will crow thrice before thou deny me. Oh, no doubt Peter said, oh, that'll not be me. And you said too, I'll not, that'll not be me. I'll not do that. And then you find, we find ourselves in the very same shape we said we'd never be in again. I'm here to tell you today, we have to trust the Lord if we have one hesitation. Let me tell you about a man whom the Lord told to take his son up on the mountain and take a knife to him and sacrifice him. Oh, and I like this part. That's something that would be hard, I'm sure. That's something that you'd say, what, Lord? That's something you'd hesitate on. But you know what the New Testament tells us about Abraham? He staggered not at the promise of God. When God tells you, the best thing to do is just do it. When God tells you, the best thing to do is just say yes, Lord. Saying no has awful, awful consequences. You know the story of Peter. The young maid said, wouldn't you with him? And even, we can't hide it, folks. For with a heart... You know the scripture, don't you? With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
that whosoever believes upon the Lord not be ashamed. You know what the little lady had to say about Peter for your speech? Death betray you. He denied him three times. The last time he even cursed. He said, why no? No, that's not me. That's not me. But then he turned and saw the Savior. Big tears welled up in his eyes. And he went out and wept bitterly. There are people, no doubt, in the sound of my voice, maybe here in the sanctuary, maybe over here on Facebook, that's wept many a tears because you told the Lord no. And you're not where you'd like to be. You've got regret in your life because you said, no, Lord, I can't do that. <laughs> got to tell this. I won't be much longer. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to this scripture that I read in here. Got to tell this. I was talking yesterday with my mom. First time Dad had a heart attack, he was 42 years old, and I was probably about 20. I had worked all night at Food City putting up stock, and I came in on a Sunday morning in the shower and get ready to go to church. And Mom told me that Dad had went to his knees on the floor holding his chest, and they finally got him back up in a chair, and he needed to go to the emergency room. So we gathered him up. We took him to the emergency room out at Morristown Hamlin, where the doors swung, and they took the patients into the intensive care where they went in to do their procedures and things like that. The doctor met us there, and they had examined him, and they said, you better say goodbye. We don't know if he'll make it. He was having a massive heart attack. That wasn't the words I wanted to hear. That wasn't the words that gave me comfort. And so just outside the doors there, the intensive care where they were taking him in, there was a great big wooden crate. I was so tired, I'd been up all night. And I got up on top of that wooden crate, and I sat down. And I pulled my knees to my chest. And I closed my eyes. I said this, if you'll give me just a few more years with him, Lord, I'll do anything. And you know what the Lord did? He not only granted that, but he remembered it. And so when the Lord got to dealing with me to preach, I'd get up close to him, and then it began to bother me. And I'd back off a little. And then we'd have revival or have a good service, and I'd get up close to him, and it'd begin to bother me. I'd back off a little. And then the Lord finally reminded me. He said, you remember what you told me, that you would do anything? This is the thing. I said, Lord, I, I, did, I pulled a Moses. I can't talk played. I'm not well spoken. And it didn't matter to him. He said, this is it. This is what you're going to have to do. And so I finally came out with it. I bounced my calling. And the Lord's blessed me along life's way. I've seen little girls and boys, men and women saved. <coughs> seen the church rejoice and shout. And the thing I asked the Lord for 
He's truly, truly come through for me with. That was 30, I believe 34, 35 years ago. And look what he's done in all that time. See, when the Lord says yes, he means it. And when we, <coughs> when we step up, when we say no, well, listen, Dad had more heart attacks after that one. He's had strokes. The Lord could have taken him at any time. But I asked him, and he said yes. Folks, when the Lord asks, just say yes. Now listen, let me repeat this. He said, I've called and I've called. Didn't he? Isn't that what he said? And you've rejected You turned me away. I told you about our, our, our friend Jared who got saved here that Wednesday night. You know what she told her mama before she got saved? Wendy was talking to her. And just the Wednesday before that, the Lord, he helped me for just a few minutes. And I preached for just a few minutes. And the whole time I was preaching, Jerry was sitting back there, big tears rolling down her face. She just cried and cried and cried. And I thought, surely tonight will be the night, but she didn't come. But she was talking to Wendy right before she laid down one night. She was worried. She said, what if the Lord don't call me anymore? She said, I might as just well die. Oh! But the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Amen. Did you hear me? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. Aren't you glad he had mercy for people like you and me? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Oh, so the Lord knocked another time and she couldn't wait till the preaching was over with. She come down the aisle in the middle of preaching and the Lord said, I'm here to tell you, if the Lord knocks in your heart, don't turn him away. Don't tell him no. There's a hell that's real and folks are not there because they're mean. They're not there because they're ex-murderers. They're not there because they're homosexuals. They're not there because they were thieves, because they robbed folks. They're there because when the Holy Ghost came knocking, they told the Lord no. And those folks in hell have no peace. They have no rest for their sweeping and gnashing their teeth. For the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Those folks in hell have never had a thought of joy. Those folks in hell have no love. You know what they do have? Regret. You know what they do have? Longing. You know how much they wish they could sit right where you're at this morning? You know how much they wish they had one more opportunity 
that they, if they had one more chance, they would run. And they would stay on the altar. And they would beg. And they would plead. And they would cry. And, add, and stay there until the Lord saved their soul. But you know what? That can't happen. Because they told the Lord no. Now let me get this and surely I'll be done. You've heard me preach on all kinds of sin. You've heard preachers down through the ages preach on different sins, this or that or the other. The Bible teaches us there's only one sin that's unforgivable. There's only one sin that the Lord won't forgive. And it refers to it in the text as blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Let me explain to you what that is. When you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you make a mockery out of it. When you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, when He comes and the church is in power and they're praying on your behalf and they're begging God to move on your heart so that that part on the inside is troubled, so that He'll call, so that conviction sets up in there and you can be saved. And when He calls and comes and there's trouble on the inside and you reject God and you tell Him no, that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. When you turn Him away and you say, I don't want salvation, that, friends, is unforgivable. That's what sends people to hell because they have turned away the sacrifice of God's only Son that He gave them and the only way of rectifying, the only way of, of doing any different or any better. I'm begging you today, if you hear His voice, harden not your own. Because there's no other way to get from earth to glory than to accept Jesus as your Savior and ask Him for salvation. Ask and you shall receive. But you have not because you ask not. My friend, Jesus died for you. And here just the other Wednesday night when Jerry got saved. I called out some folks. I hope they didn't mind. I don't think they did at all. I called out John. John said this is the spot. He said this, this is the spot right here where the Lord saved me. I called out Becky and she said, this is the spot. This is the spot right here where the Lord saved me. I called out Keith. He walked right over here. He said, this is the spot where the Lord saved me. I called out Bobby and he said, this is the spot right here where the Lord saved me. But I'm here to tell you today, if Jesus had saved none of those things, if I had turned him away, if Marty Coster had turned him away, he still went to the cross just for you. He still was put in the tomb just for you. 
he still rose again because he loves you that much that he died and was crucified and rose again on the third and pointed morning. Just because he knew you'd need salvation. He don't want you to go to hell. He don't want you to burn. He don't want you to be down there with all those people who have rejected him. Friend, when you tell the Lord no, you have no peace. You have no joy. You have no love. You have no heaven. When you turn him away as a sinner, Reject him and say, I don't want you. You've missed him altogether. You don't get to go. My family's been through a prolonged ordeal. Do you know what makes me feel better about the situation? Right here's a, a fellow right here that went through a similar situation just a year or so ago. What gives me peace about it is I know where he's going. You know what brings me joy? The thought that I get to be with him. What about you? You've heard your loved one say, I'm going to heaven. Are you going? I was listening, just because my dad's going, don't mean I get to on that. I can't hold on tight enough to his, his suit coat and get there. Just because his name's on my birth certificate does not mean I have a place in heaven. You have to ask Jesus for yourself. If you want to go to heaven, you have to ask for yourself. There's no other way to get there. Well, my folks went to church for 40 years. All former things shall pass away. Behold, all things are new. If you want to get to heaven, and I've seen folks, I've seen them in this church. When I pastored Grand Mountain, I've seen I've seen sinners get up. I've seen it here. I saw it at Round Mountain. I've seen it in other churches. The Lord be dealing with their heart to the point they would rather get up and walk out as to say, yes, Lord. Honey, that's trouble coming your way. I would rather be Jonah as to be lost and on my way to hell. I would rather be David. Now listen, David found some trouble. You know what the Lord sent a message to him? He said, the sword will never leave your house. You know what the Lord sent the message to David? He said, your wives are going to be with your neighbors before the sun goes down and I'll always your woman. You know what the Lord sent to David? The child he and Bathsheba conceived died. You know where David prayed that prayer, restoring to me the joy of thy salvation? This is just what I think. David didn't pray that prayer while he was laying down on the ground and the child was just barely hanging on to life. He prayed that the Lord would spare that child 
But I believe he prayed the 51st Psalm after the child died. And he got up and he cleaned up and he took bread and he went into the temple. And I can just see David out at the temple saying, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. How long have you been miserable? How long have you been without the peace that only God can give? How long have you been without the joy in your life? How long have you been and not felt God wrap his arms around you and love you? Folks, I would rather be Jonah. I'd rather be David. I'd rather be Peter than to be lost. Because without the Lord, there is no peace, no love, no joy, no heaven. Would you like to be saved? Would you like to get that burden off your heart? Would you like to say yes, Lord? Remember when me and Tammy were dating? We'd go to a church and they'd sing this song. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When the Spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And I'll say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. What are you telling me? What are you telling me? We'll get a song. Aunt Becky, she will come sing. Lisa. You sing just a verse. If you need to pray, you come on. While the Lord's talking to you, you need to pray. Come on. While He's knocking. If you're not satisfied with where you are, if you're not happy, you don't have that joy. If you're miserable and can't find any peace right here, it's a good place to come. All the same. Just come on while while the songs.
have a word, testimony, something on your heart. If you need to pray, just come on. It'll be all right. If not, remember the service tonight. It starts at 6. Come out. Worship with us. Enjoy these singers. They're, God's really blessed them and given them a lot of talent. They're humble. And I believe you'll really like them. So come out and be with us. starts at 6 tonight. Anybody? Got anything you need to say or do? Remember the offering as you leave today. Until tonight at 6, you're at liberty. <coughs> yeah, it's in our 177. Seventy seven. Roger and Keever. Nope. I figured they would come in late, but they didn't. They must be sick or something. I know Leslie signed in, but they didn't. Usually if they're at home, mm -hmm. you know, they'll watch it. Smart. I'm just, okay. just referring to you. All right. Hope, hope you don't mind. That's okay. <laughs> Her stomach's all messed up on her. Where? She done a good job.
I'm an antique. Hey, me 